everyone, welcome to Her Journey Podcast, where we talk with incredible, talented, and powerful women about their experiences. My name is Aline, and I'm your host, and today I'm joined with Vivian, the founder of Linen and Love, a social entrepreneur and computer scientist. But I know you also do a ton of really amazing work, and so I'd love to just kind of hand you the mic and let you talk a bit more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So my name is Vivian Wang, born and raised in Orange County, Southern California, just around 20 minutes from Disneyland. And this past year, I just recently graduated from high school. So this fall, I'll be heading off to Stanford to study, not sure yet, but hopefully either computer science, symbolic systems. And I'm also very interested in foreign languages. So either thinking of Mandarin or Spanish, who knows? <laughs> so, yeah, that's basically what's been on my mind lately. And you also gave a really great intro. So one of the biggest things that I spend the most time on is, of course, my nonprofit, Learners in Love, and also do a lot of work in the journalism space. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, you know, despite being so young, you are really and just truly doing so much amazing work, whether that's through, like you mentioned before, computer science or social entrepreneurship through linens and love, journalism, just all these different types of channels. And honestly, I would love to kind of get into all of that work in these different fields, starting with where your interest in, you know, advocacy or volunteer work in general sprouted from and how you kind of initially grew that interest. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. So hmm, I think just growing up, both of my parents, my mom and dad, they always encourage just doing little random acts of kindness. Like, for example, if we go to a restaurant and we have some leftovers, we wouldn't just leave it on the plate and walk away. Instead, what we do is we just pack it up. And if we see someone on the street who might be able to really utilize this extra meal, then we try to just give it to them since it really just doesn't cost us any extra time or money. So yeah, I just think these little things that I was taught growing up really inspired me to want to pursue all this when I was growing up like in middle school or even high school. And then also that is both of my parents, they worked in the hotel industry when um, when I was younger. So that's also how we knew about the whole thing regarding linens and how linens in many hotels are actually thrown away if they have a slight imperfection, like a coffee stain or a pen mark. So both of my parents, they were actually the ones who explained to us what happens to these linens. And that's really how Linens and Love began. So yeah, I definitely have a lot to say in regards to thanking my parents for um, instilling all these beliefs um, in like within me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's, I think that's really, really cool. I absolutely think, you know, the way you grow up definitely has an impact on your mindset and kind of what you decide to do in the future. So absolutely. And are there any moments or stories you remember behind what kind of led you to explore entrepreneurship specifically as a way to serve your community? Yeah. So Definitely growing up, I didn't really know what that word meant. I always thought it had to be strictly related to starting a business or like having a lemonade stand. That's what I always thought. But that's not necessarily true since the whole realm of social entrepreneurship is more of doing good within your community. And I definitely encourage a lot of youths out there to pursue that. And if it doesn't stick with you, that's okay. But if it does, that's great. And for me, I think... I especially enjoyed exploring it because 
it was a chance for me to become more confident since it really does involve working with other youths. It's not just a one woman show. It, you really have to get out there and reach out to hotels or reach out to shelters. Like I remember the first time I reached out to a hotel and I called them, I, my voice was shaking because it just sounded so scary having to reach out to an adult. But I think since then, it's really, really helped with instilling my confidence and also being able to connect with other youths my age and see like, okay, what really makes us tick? And we work together and just pursue like whatever common interests we have. So in my case, it really does revolve around the whole idea of environmental sustainability. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I, I totally agree. I think entrepreneurship definitely like especially if you're on the more introverted side kind of helps you to, you know, gain more confidence and um, kind of get out there in the real world and interact with others. So absolutely, I completely agree with that. And I know you also do a lot of work with computer science. I know that was kind of one of the majors you potentially wanted to major in at Stanford. And so I would kind of love to know how you discovered this interest and how you also explored that as well. Yeah, good question. So Freshman year of high school, that was actually the first time I took, I believe it was AP Computer Science Principles. And that class, it was okay. Like after that class, I wasn't really sure like, okay, <laughs> am I gonna like continue this? So yeah, it was just kind of there. But then junior year, which was two years ago, then I took AP Computer Science A and I had the best teacher ever. His name was Mr. Parker. And that was when I really, really loved computer science because I just love the creativity that comes with it, which I know like the stereotypical image of computer science isn't necessarily the most creative, but I really just loved working with other people in my class and getting to work create creatively on these projects was just really exciting. And then from then, I tried to look for a lot of different opportunities outside of the school setting because I think it's one thing to sit in these classes day to day and just learn. But I think another thing is going out in the real world and actually applying whatever I learned in the classroom. So then I joined different things like Cyber Patriot or I joined this other organization. It was called Cyber Tech Girls. And I think that was one of the biggest turning points in my life since before then I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was like, okay, what are we going to become a psychologist? Am I going to be a vet? I just really had I had no idea. But yeah, ever since then, it's been really great. And then senior year, then I took another computer science class. It was IB computer science class. So it was for the International Baccalaureate program. And then in that program, it was really great. There weren't a lot of females in that class. Um, most of us were not girls, but it was still good to connect with everyone, regardless of their gender. And yeah, so I would say that's the short version of the past couple of years. Yeah, I think that's really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love how it kind of started from, you know, that one class you took. And I think that kind of also shows how important, you know, the environment you're in is to, you know, potentially discovering a passion of yours, especially teachers as well. I think teachers are super important if you want to really get to know a subject or really enjoy it. So yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I, I also know that you uh, talked a little bit about how 
your background kind of influenced you to start Linens and Love, especially since your parents worked in the hospitality industry. Uh, and so I would love to know more in detail kind of the moment you decided you would start this nonprofit and more in detail about what Linens and Love actually is and kind of your mission overall. Yeah, good question. So it started off back in, I believe, November 2014. So that was when my sister and I, my sister's name is May. She's currently 21. And at the time we were 12 and 14. And so what happened basically was both of our parents, they explained to us like what happens to these lemons. Since when we grew up, we were pretty into, I remember we were really, really into building like tents and pillow forts and stuff like that. So we were very familiar with linens. So they sat us down and they explained to us, okay, what exactly are these linens? They have such a bigger story to them. So then they explained these linens, they have very, very slight imperfections. So even just like the slightest pen mark, many, many hotels, they actually have to throw away these linens since it doesn't meet their standards because they don't want to just put a linen there and it has a giant coffee stain that would not look good. So what happens to these linens is they actually have to be thrown away. So they're sent to the landfills and this is just really not good for our environment. So we decided instead, why not at the same time, keep these linens out of landfills, but then also at the same time, we can repurpose them and give them to different shelters in need. So it might be for people experiencing homelessness or even for animals, animals especially need them, or different teen centers, women's homes, veterans homes, all these different places that can use the linens. And so it's just really great because first of all, it doesn't cost more since they were already going to be thrown away. And then second of all, they are no longer in landfills. So I just think it's a win-win for everyone. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, was there more that you wanted to know about it or was that pretty much it? Um, I mean, yeah, I think that's a really cool summary. And I think that's definitely a really unique idea as well. Um, I'm wondering, like, do you specifically just focus on um, kind of donating these linens or are there specific projects you run or maybe events you've held or just anything that you typically work on in Linens and Love? So ever since then, we definitely did start with just these donation events, which we called deliveries. But then since then, we've had the chance to grow. So we focused a lot on our chapters program, which is essentially like creating mini hubs of Linens and Love all around the world. So then we have, for example, maybe one in San Jose or a few, we've got a few here in Orange County. And so what they do is they get to plan their own volunteer events, which we call deliveries. So these high school and college students, they get to reach out to different hotels and shelters. So they'll ask hotels for linen donations and then they'll ask nearby shelters if they would like to receive these donations. So we've got a lot happening at the same time all around the world, which has been really great. And then also each year we plan something, it's called a leadership summit. And so during these summits each year, what we focus on really is how do they lead a chapter? Because it's one thing to just have a fancy title, but then it's another thing to actually know how to lead your people and how to get them inspired and feel like it's really a community rather than just sitting on a title and not really doing anything. So then during these leadership summits, we teach them all about how to lead a team, how to events, since 
it's probably unfamiliar for a lot of people or even just little things like what does sustainability really mean like does it mean taking little switches or does it mean uprooting your entire lifestyle and just never using something disposable again maybe not mm -hmm. like just finding that balance stuff like that or even teaching about effective altruism so just touching on a lot of things like environmentalism but also leadership and uh, volunteerism so just yeah all these different things we cover that at the summit and that's definitely something that I love planning every year so yeah mm -hmm. my favorite part <laughs> yeah I think that's really cool and uh, I actually work with Interns for Good, and I remember you or Linens in Love being one of our original partners. Um, like, I think you guys were posting opportunities about finding the like presidents to lead chapters around the globe. So I thought uh, when I saw your organization or your nonprofit, I thought that was really, really cool. So I think it's definitely amazing to see how much you've grown since then. And I think that honestly, um, I'm really excited to kind of see you continue to grow. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And I, I think definitely starting a project as big as this definitely takes a lot of commitment and perseverance. And so what would you say throughout your time leading this nonprofit um, were any challenges or obstacles that you faced or maybe just any struggles that you faced while maybe initially starting this nonprofit or growing it or just anything in between? Hmm, yeah, one of the biggest things I would say it would be when I would approach different shelters or different hotels to say, like, hey, let's be partners. Um, but there was definitely a lot of judgment because of my age since I was 12 and growing up, like I looked like a kid. So I that part was a little hard to grapple with. But then I realized that to do good in the world like there really is no set age it's not like oh when you turn 18 and 27 days that's when you can start doing things for your community there really is no set age to start changing the world and <laughs> that might sound kind of cliche but i really do believe that and then also another hurdle that we had to kind of overcome is finding that balance between being very eager to get your hands on everything but also recognizing that it's important to kind of take a step back sometimes since it can be overwhelming to micromanage every single little thing that's happening at Linens and Love and that might backfire in a sense that it might not be so good for your mental health or something like that because trying to always know what's happening for every single little thing isn't good. So I think in a sense with the chapters program that we have, it's really great because I get to work directly with the chapter presidents rather than every single volunteer because that would be so exhausting. And I don't even know how I'd do that. So in a sense, the chapters program is really good to avoid micromanaging and to avoid micromanaging. It's it's kind of hard at first, but I would say ultimately it's good because I'm learning to be, to find that balance between being so hands-on, but then also not just disappearing. So yeah, finding that balance is really great, especially for my mental health. It's been amazing just being able to be there as a sounding board, but also provide advice when necessary and make sure that all the chapters are still running all the events, but then also not being the one who's manually communicating with all these volunteers and things like that so yeah I think that's one of the challenges that I've finally <laughs> come to overcome so yeah mm -hmm. yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And I know you mentioned uh, mental health in there as kind of one of those struggles. And so focusing more on that, um, uh, do you have like any tips or advice for, you know, people who are trying to balance a lot of activities or a lot of projects like you are, um, or maybe even lessons that you learned from your own experience on how to take care of your own mental health and avoid burnout in a position like this? Yeah, of course. I would say one of the biggest things that I learned throughout high school was <laughs> not in the textbooks, but I would say it's more from experience is really learning to say no to things because I know in high school, when opportunities come your way, your first instinct is most likely yes, because you you want anything to pad your resume in high school. Like I know it. <laughs> I just went to high school. So yeah. I would say my take on it is actually if your first instinct isn't just like a for sure yes, you should just tell the person or people who reached out to you that you might need to sit on it for a bit and decide like, hey, is this really going to be a good investment of my time? Because time is so precious and you want to have a balanced life, which I really advocate for. I'm not really a fan of like hustle culture, especially these days when youths are just so into like always being on the grind which is great but I think that leads to burnout a lot of the times so yeah I would say if you're not 100% certain you want to pursue something sit on it for a bit if time permits and if you really want to pursue it then I say yes but if not I would recommend maybe setting it aside and if you're available like uh, at a later time maybe you can reach out to them again because I think as junior, I found myself overcommitting. So what I had to do actually was I had to tell like different clubs, or organizations, people, things like that. I had to tell them like, hey, I need to step aside. This just isn't working because I realized like these things that I was in a couple things. I think it was like two or three. Um, I said it just it didn't feel like it was a good return on investment. Like the time that I was putting in wasn't giving me the impact or learning experiences that I was hoping for. So yeah, I think that's something that's really important to recognize, like when to take a step back. And it might seem kind of like, oh, I'm a failure or something like that. But being able to recognize that, that's actually the opposite. It's you're strong enough to realize like, hey, I need to take a step back. Like things are just piling up on me. Maybe you have like a ton of tests coming up. Like if it's AP season or stuff like that, just mm -hmm. recognizing that it's okay to take a break from things and pick it up when you have like the emotional capacity or just the time to put your heart into it. So yeah, that's my take on it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. I, I've experienced something similar. So I think that those insights that you just mentioned there were really, really important for people to understand, especially high school students or youth who do want to take on everything, but just they don't have the time to. So I absolutely agree. Yeah. And um, I know that in addition to Linens and Love, you've gathered and encountered many different experiences and completed a lot of different projects, initiatives, programs, fellowships, all kinds of things like that. Even journalism, for example, I know you um, do some work with that as well. And so I'd love to give you the chance to just kind of highlight any of those types of projects you've taken on in the past that you feel really had an impact on you or just were the most memorable for you? Sure. So one of the biggest things I would say would be journalism, just like kind of how you touched on a couple of seconds ago. 
So that was through, it was through the Los Angeles Times High School Insider. So it's Los Angeles Times is kind of like their high school side of it. And basically I got to write about whatever I wanted. And I love that because I know a lot of places they might assign you a topic or a specific event that they want you to write about. And I, I'm not like as much of a fan of, of that because it really limits my creativity. So I didn't really know what to write about at first, but then I remember the first piece I wrote about was my, it was something about a gratitude journal. So back then I would keep this gratitude journal and each night before I went to sleep, I would just jot down a couple of things from the day that I was grateful for. So it could be super simple things like hang out with friends or getting like, to have a good conversation with people or stuff like that. It can be anything. So yeah, that was the first piece. I kind of transitioned more into writing about wellness and uh, what else? Like wellness, mental health, youth wellness, especially because being a high school student in like these different academic programs, it does kind of overlap with wellness and having a balanced life. So I wanted to write a lot about that. Like I remember I wrote this piece about how in school it can sometimes be a little toxic when people like oh what'd you get on this test or something like that so (laughs) I wrote a piece about that and how sometimes high school can be a very toxic environment so yeah I that's definitely something that I like to use writing for using writing to amplify everything about like wellness especially youth wellness and then I did start to write a little bit about tech so maybe it would be like tech innovations or i also had a podcast episode with a woman in tech so that was fun (laughs) um it took like forever to edit so kudos to you for having a whole podcast that Mm -hmm. was a lot (laughs) um so yeah so since then it's been a lot about like writing about wellness about tech um a little bit about nonprofits and stuff like that but not so much so yeah that's pretty much it yeah, I think that all sounds really amazing. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like you've done a lot of really incredible work. And I think your experiences are really, really valuable, um, especially you know covering this side of high school or youth or high school experiences. So I think it's definitely really cool what you do. Um, and kind of on a related note, I know that another one of these important experiences you've gone through quite recently is the college application process, which I know can be stressful for a lot of people and probably was for you too. But um, I know now you're committed to an incredible school. And I think honestly, it would be super helpful to have you kind of walk through your experience with this process um, and just maybe mention any tips that you might have for those going through that same process right now. I would say the biggest tip is I know in a lot of like movies and TV shows like that, they have this high school kid who they might be applying to college or something. And then they always have the dream school, which I don't recommend, especially if you think it might hinder like your ability to maybe write your essays or do well in your interviews and stuff like that. So I don't recommend having a dream. If you don't get into your dream school, then you'll feel like your life is over or maybe, I don't know, because I never really had a dream school. Um, I just was certain that any school that I applied to, I'd be, I'd love to go there. So I never really leaned towards one in particular until like I heard back from everywhere. Um, But yeah, so I would say if you don't want it to 
temper with your mental health, I would say avoid having a dream school. Make sure that every school on your list of schools that you're applying to is somewhere that you can imagine yourself being happy in and just really thriving. And then something else is I would recommend getting other people to look at your writing because maybe this sentence or this entire paragraph makes total sense to yourself. But then when someone else reads it, like your parents or your language arts teacher, and they read it and like, what the heck is this? So yeah, <laughs> getting another set of eyes to read it or even a few sets is really great. Um, I think that can really change your writing a lot, but also making sure that they don't just rewrite your whole essay or even just write it for you. I definitely don't think that's okay. Mm -hmm. Finding that balance between getting advice, but then not having someone write it for you. And then finally, I would say the last tip is, hmm. oh yeah, okay. So this last tip, it's a little bit more specific, but I would say if you're going through the process like right now or in the coming years, a few things is I would say one, keep like a notes app on your phone. And anytime you think of an idea that's worth writing about, then jot it down and you'll thank yourself later on because if you force yourself to sit down and think of really creative ideas, it doesn't come as naturally. Um, and I've especially experienced this since I did a lot of work. Oh, I still do. <laughs> I still like in the whole journalism space, but yeah. So keeping a notes app and just writing down whenever something that you think is creative comes up, jot that down. Even if like, I remember sometimes I'd be in the shower, but then I think of a really good idea. I would hop out of the shower and write it down and then go back in. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> commitment. Um, uh, but then, hmm, yeah, where was I going with this? So yeah, I would say that's how you can get the most creative ideas versus if you just sit there at your desk with your computer and like your cursor's blinking at you, the ideas just don't come as naturally. So yeah, that's another tip. And then, Hmm. I would say my last tip is trying to not really compare yourself to others. I know this is easier said than done because it's just something that we all kind of inherently do. But like, for example, maybe if you're a high schooler and you already have a LinkedIn profile, which is great. I know sometimes it can be easy to just like click on someone else's and then you look at theirs and you go like, what the heck? Like you might feel bad about yourself. So yeah, definitely don't recommend doing that. I know that period of time can feel very competitive since most people around you, they might be trying to go for the same schools or go for even the same majors or things like that. So it might feel like the people around you are all trying to go for the same thing. But I think at that moment, it's really important to just focus on yourself because at the end of the day, you're the only one who can really push through, like with the interview, with the writing and all that stuff. Like you're the you're the only one who can go through all that. So yeah, focus on yourself and also realize like at the end, it will work out regardless of how you feel like in the moment. Everyone told me that when I was applying and I just ignored them. But now just being like so recent, like going through this whole process so recently, I can definitely vouch for that. And I know it won't feel like that, but at the end, like, yes, it will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for that amazing advice. Mm -hmm. I think that's, you know, really a really mm -hmm. great place to end for today. So, yeah, before we end, do you have just any platforms or social media or websites that you'd like to shout out? Oh, sure. Hmm. I would say so. Hmm. So for Lands and Love, our website is www.linens.com. 
love.org. So it's just the letter N in the middle. It's not A-N-D. And then what else? For my Instagram, it's two Vs at the front. So it's just Vivian Wang, but at the front, there's two Vs. So it's V and then V-I-V-I-A-N and then W-A-N-G. And if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn or just shoot me a message, of course you can. So I think if you look up Vivian Wang, it should hopefully be there. Um, yeah, feel free to message me. Would love to hear um, how you're doing and all that stuff like that or how this podcast made you feel. You can also message me on Instagram and happy to chat. All right. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully everyone visits those platforms that were just mentioned. Um, definitely encourage it. And thank you again, Vivian, so much for just being a guest today on the podcast. Of course. Happy to chat. Yeah.